0: This is your United States of America.
1: What's up, Geeks, Freaks, and Geeks? Welcome to Episode 17 of the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, now powered by TheGorillaPosition.com and presented by Hameen Media. On today's show, Rick and I are digesting all things red and blue as well as giving our way-too-early WrestleMania predictions. But before we dive in, it's my obligation to tell you this is a podcast by the fans, for the fans, bringing you all the news that is news from across the professional wrestling world. We're talking creative and the business behind the business that is this crazy world known as professional wrestling. You can find the show on Twitter at HTMPWPod. Find us on Facebook at HittingTheMarks. Shoot us an email at HittingTheMarks at gmail.com. My name is Jargo. I'll be your host for the day. Joined as always alongside the Snippy to my Wren RBV, Rick, welcome to your show.
2: It's me, it's me. It's that R to the B to the V, Rick Vickery. And know, brother, am I glad we record our midweek two days after Raw has aired? Damn, I was I was hot coming out of Raw on Monday night, but but it's the holidays, and, and I'm trying to remain festive and jolly. I'm trying to put all those bad vibes behind me, man. So you know, so I, I want to start off on a little lighter foot. You know, it is the holidays. I want to know how how's the planning and the shopping been for 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 you and the wife for the kids? We are done shopping. How much of a hassle was that? I mean, you, you got three girls uh, varying in ages. Like You kind of run a wide you know, spectrum of ages there, uh, probably different interests and in all that. I mean, it's got to be a little bit of a hassle, isn't it? It's an absolute nightmare.
1: Um, luckily, we discovered probably two, three years ago this wonderful thing called Amazon Prime. And so we order literally fucking everything. Our mail dude hates us, just hates us. The mail guy, UPS guy, FedEx guy. We're on first-name basis with every single one
2: of them. Yes, the wonderful world of online shopping. Can you imagine, like, you know, your parents, my parents, they didn't have all that shit back then, man. They they had to go out there and find, you know, hit all the stores, find the deals. It kind of reminds me. I know you like Seinfeld, man. Remember the beginning of Festivus? Oh, yes. When they were arguing over the doll, as I rain blows down
1: upon him, it came to me that there must be an easier way. Okay, now, I know that we're trying to watch our time because people, well, some people complain that our shows are too long, but I'm going to tell you this quick story because it's absolutely hilarious. So my mom is quite the practical joker. So when I was a kid, I had to be like maybe 14 when this happened, which means my baby sister was four. Okay. And we go out for pizza on Christmas Eve. And we come home and Santa Claus has been there already. Right. Okay. But not only was Santa Claus there, accidentally, one of the reindeer got loose in the house. We walk in the door and shit is everywhere. (laughs) Fucking. Couch is <laughs> flipped over, the trees on oh. its side. <laughs> I thought you mean like literal shit, like something got in there and shit all over the place. Dude, so the cat is sitting on the counter and is just looking at all of us as we walk in the door, like, I did not fucking do this. Whatever you think, I did not fucking do this. And there's a note from Santa Claus that's like, oh yeah, sorry about that. One of the reindeer got loose in the house, it was our neighbors. Oh, my God, my mom and my stepdad were so fucking pissed. Oh, they were so fucking pissed.
2: So what, did they thought this was just to be like a fun, like, punk you out sort of thing? Yeah, they,
1: they punked out my mom and my stepdad. They were just supposed to come over and, like, deliver the Santa presents, you know? Mm-hmm. And instead just fucking trash the house. Just so what's the What, what, what the did your mom place. and dad do? Well, we'll save that for another episode. But it involves a shotgun and a blow-up doll. Who? Hey.
2: now, before we get going
1: too far here, um, I do want to extend a thank you and a what's up to all of our new listeners. Our base is growing quite rapidly. Uh, so thank you to those of you who are just checking us out now for the first time. And for our listeners who have been down since day one was H, thank you for spreading the word. Uh, now, let's end the pleasantries and get down to business. Rick, you ready to talk some red and blue? Let's jump into it, brother. All right, man. Let's go to the great state of Rhode Island and talk some monday night raw so i guess let's first go ahead and get the brock thing out of the way because dude is brock lesnar getting paid by the
2: minute now well i was gonna say you know you said let's hurry up and get it out of the way apparently that is the philosophy with wwe creative holy crap brock was only on tv for like what three minutes well, that, you know, that's what I'm going to say. This, this entire segment here, you know, at no surprise here with the announcement of the match. I mean, we knew this was coming, right? It's pretty much an easy setup. Yep, absolutely. But, damn, but damn, I mean, the setup here, man, it, it fell so flat. Uh, you have a classic throwback on your hands. Uh, three true larger than life monsters set the rage war against one another. Uh, and, it, and it seemed like it was over in the blink of an eye.
1: Yeah, I just I didn't understand why you're wasting a one of your Brock Lesnar dates on that. Like it just Brock is such a huge draw, and you waste him. I, no offense to anybody listening in Rhode Island, but you waste him on Providence, Rhode Island. Uh, not even not even with the and, location. In like there. three minutes.
2: Like what? Are, what are we doing? See that's what that's what got what got me. You know, for me, this is this is a great selling point for the Royal Rumble event. I, for those out there that are like-minded as myself, I'm looking forward to some big old meatheads just mixing it up and just beating the shit out of each other. That, to me, that's throwback, maybe That's some classic wrestling there. That's what, that's what I grew up on. It's what I like. That, that's a great selling point for the Royal Rumble, and, and you actually could use that to get people interested in this episode, but instead, it's just over in, in mere minutes.
1: Yeah, that, it just seemed odd to me. Uh, the one thing that I did take out of the promo, leads to my favorite segment on the show, I like to call it, Undertaker Watch 34. Undertaker Watch 34! So Kane actually brought up his brother of destruction, the Undertaker, this week. Rick, would you be interested in a tag team match return for Undertaker's last match, and do the Brothers of Destruction
2: versus fill in the blank? Well, is there a possibility that maybe they ride out together? Uh, we know Kane has, you know, aspirations to move to move elsewhere in his career. Uh, there is an election that's looming and coming up this spring that one would think is going to pretty much occupy his time. as kind of an important job. Uh, maybe maybe this is it. You know, maybe they're both ready to say goodbye to in-ring action. And as a way, uh, maybe it'd be kind of cool to see him go out together. I, I just think it, I think you're going to have a lot of naysayers out there, a lot of people hating on this uh, that would probably gear towards. Taker should just have stayed away or he should go out on his own. I think I would be okay with this.
1: More information as it becomes available on Undertaker Watch 34. (laughs) ¶¶
2: You know, jumping back to Brock real quick. Uh, We're talking, you know, is he working by the minute? He has limited dates. You're using him in these, you know, blink of an eye segments here, situations. I actually looked up. We are going to get a lot of Brock in January. Uh, So, as disappointed as I felt from this show, that they didn't take the opportunity to kind of hype it up throughout the three hours, give us a teaser, and then a big payoff. There is a chance they can save this thing. They they could get some real heat behind this program with these three monsters. Uh, Looking up here, um, Brock is going to be with us on January 1st in Miami. This is rare. He's going to be with us the next week. So we're going to have two weeks of Brock in a row, January 8th in Memphis. Uh, Then he's also scheduled for the 22nd, which is the Raw 25. And then, of course, we got him in Brooklyn on the 28th for the Royal Rumble. Wow. Lots of Brock Lesnar dates coming up. Yeah, interesting. So I know they've got a lot going on, uh, but hopefully, outside of that Raw twenty five, uh, they, they can be able to work work him more into the show, and we get some some heat going behind this program. Uh, one other just small interesting note: he is not scheduled for the night after the Rumble. Interesting. Raw twenty five is the go home, right? Uh, yes, that Rumble. is correct yep that'll be on january 22nd from brooklyn new york that is the go home interesting um let's move on here
1: and i want to get to this mess that is seth and jason jordan Dean ambrose the bar joe I am, I'm kind of lost inside of this program, and now we have learned that the Dean Ambrose elbow injury is real. He underwent surgery last night. Uh, this report is from Dr. Chris Amman. This is what he told WWE.com. This was yesterday before the surgery. An MRI has shown suspicion for a high-grade triceps tendon injury, possibly a tear, So he is undergoing surgical exploration and most likely surgical repair of the torn triceps tendon. It sounds like we're going to be without Ambrose here for a while. So we've now had Roman down with the mumps. We've got Dean out with an elbow injury. Is it time to just call this shield reunion?
2: Uh, I think there's just probably just some bad mojo on this thing from the get-go, right? It, it, it It was wrong timing. They forced it. But, you know, as long as they are still pushing that merch, we're, they're still going to just hold on to this, hold on to this, hold on to this. I think at this point, you probably put it to rest kind of like the uh, the swing and the miss they just recently had with the demon versus Abigail. Uh, just put it to rest, you know, out of sight, out of mind. Yeah,
1: let's just move on from this because it's not doing anything for anybody at this point.
2: You know, let, let these guys move on and then maybe in a year, a year and a half, maybe revisit it somehow. I mean,
1: originally I, I had this whole conversation planned out and this completely changes everything because I was going to ask you if this was the beginning of the Ambrose heel turn and, you know, the how did you feel about the match and that this is boring chance and all of that goes out the window with an Ambrose elbow injury and he's missing some serious time when we're getting legit ready for the road to
2: Wrestlemania yeah you're, you're getting ready for the road to Wrestlemania it just kind of you know throws a major kink into your tag team scene oh completely could the revival have gotten back at a better time I was gonna say that that is perfect timing but you're I mean you're gonna have to start gearing them up quick to to fill that void of star power that you have with Rollins and Ambrose with each other
1: and I feel like the revival is a team that you got to slow build because that that gimmick and the way those
2: guys look and the way those guys work, that's a slow build kind of I, thing. I'm sorry, I want to talk to you about that. We're going to get to that here in a minute. Uh, I guess starting off, you know, just this opening match between uh, Rollins and Jordan. And this just had me scratching my head. You know, you know WWE, then, now, forever. Uh, it, should they change the slogan to WWE, get your shit in?
1: Yeah, basically. Basically. I mean, it was a fine match. I really like watching Jason Jordan wrestle. Here's what I don't get, though. I mean, they continually open with
2: matches like this. Yep. And, and what was the point of this match? Well, here's what I don't, you know, any, anyone that's paying attention to our locker room podcast series on the Hacker Hameen Media Group, hackerhameen.podbean.com, you know, anyone listening there, you know, especially to, to Ben and Stevie, ben, they know the objective for that first match. To get out there and establish wrestling, to set the tone for the evening. Well, when we have these opening matches filled with these high spots and these false finishes, it, it's killing the rest of the damn card. I, I don't know, and I see others out there in the circles that we run in. They're like, "Oh, we like that high energy when we come out." Maybe I'm missing it. I'm just maybe I'm not just getting it, but it's killing the rest of these the rest of the show.
1: I see both sides because I mean, SmackDown turns around. And they had that Usos versus Stellar Nebula match. That was a fine match. There wasn't a ton of false finishes. Wasn't a ton of high spots, but it was still high energy because it's the
2: Usos. You know, like you can legitimately do both. Well, I agree. It's, it's about the spots. There was nothing in that first match on SmackDown that I felt when I saw later in the show was like, eh, never mind.
1: And this has been the complaint on Seth Rollins going all the way back to Tyler Black, that he is a, "I got to get I-got-to-get-all-my-shit-in guy. And you, if you notice, every Seth Rollins match, it's basically the same.
2: Well, I'll I tell you what. You, you like the match. Uh, you're into it. And I, I like watching Jason Jordan wrestle. He's, he's great in-ring. Well, here's the thing, though. I, like the, the, I were... like
1: the match if I can just sit and watch the match. I don't like it where it was on the show. Like, if I'm just watching a one-off match, yeah, I can watch the match. It's a great match. I enjoyed the match. But to have it as the opening match? Really? Why? And there's not really any further business that's set up. Like, neither one of those guys is more over coming out of that match than they were going into that match.
2: Yeah, And I don't think the crowd was not buying it. I mean, the Boo Birds were starting to come out here. Well because we Jason Jordan
1: shot? loses every match. At a certain point, he's got to start
2: winning a match, at least here and there. I think we'll get it, we'll get it in a big in a big way. He's gonna shock somebody here. I'm almost be booking, this, won't this be... kid's gonna go on one hell of a winning streak. Well, I almost won't be shocked here, uh, probably post Rumble sometime in February to see him be the one that takes that IC championship off of Roman. Uh speaking of Roman, where the hell is Roman? Has is there, is there been any reports, anything out there? I, I, I really mean, didn't study nothing. that much into he's,
1: it. He's not on house shows. Um, he is advertised for next week's Raw, so I guess that's a good thing. If he doesn't show up next week on Raw, there's a cause
2: for a real concern here. Like, where's Roman Reigns? Uh, well, he maybe just has something personal going on. Maybe something going on with family, family. Maybe, hey, he's got a little vacay. He's using it right now before he has to really start gearing up to – he's going to have to kind of carry a feud on his own here with the beast essentially going into WrestleMania season. I just
1: thought it was odd. And then I saw this entire angle go down with Ambrose and Rollins, which kind of seemed like the beginning of the Dean heel turn. And I thought, Oh, that's why Roman's not there. Roman's going to come in and, cause Dean's going to have an issue and he's going to kind of go at Seth and Roman is going to be the peacemaker that keeps <laughs> the shield together.
2: Oh, sorry. Sorry, Jargo. You and your conspiracy theories are they're shot down here. Uh-oh. Where's
1: Roman Reigns? Where is Roman Reigns? Lost puppy. All right. Well, let's move on to uh, something I did find very interesting on the show, of course, because I'm a Finn Balor guy. Uh, we had the debut of Hideo Itami out of the middle of nowhere. On Monday Night Raw uh, there's a lot of history between these guys so Hideo comes out and makes the save when Finn's getting beaten down by the Miz
2: should you're laughing about that why shouldn't he be getting beat down it, it, they're two they are two fine talents they are second third generation talents they're yeah correct third generation talents yeah, okay. and they're and they're and they're going to have trouble whooping a hundred and ninety pound nerd.
1: So Hideo comes out, makes a save. Where I'm intrigued here is this step one of two hundred and five. Is this the beginning of Fin to two hundred and five live? Because Hideo then actually debuted
2: on two hundred and five live the next night. And did you happen to see that? No. Okay. Well, let me let me fill you in then on what happened here. Uh, so we get Hideo's uh, big debut on the red, blue, purple, whatever brand. He, he's, he's out of NXT. He's moving on. So we have him show up here, correct? Right. Uh, personally, I was not surprised at all. I think I even mentioned it to you that he is not going to do anything for the 205 division. His his move from NXT is not going to do anything to move the fans. Uh, so I was not surprised by the lack of reaction that he got. No, I was not surprised at all. You, you know, when, but you're thinking about it. You know, they have been running promo packages for him, but they've been running them on 205 Live. Those packages are not reaching a major majority of the raw audience. Yeah, most of that raw audience has no idea who Hideo Itami is. So, we don't get anything. He comes out looking terrible. Well, oh, that's Hideo. He he looked it, it, it's he always look like that. I, I remember yeah. him looking a little better. I mean, he I mean, even for his regular look. I mean, he looked like he'd really let himself go there. No, that's that's just Hideo. Okay, so he comes out, and then he, he saves his good buddy. They did put over the fact that they had known each other. They've been around the world together. I did like that, that they at least put that over, that these two guys have history together. Okay, so then they, they wrestle their tag match and go over. Uh, I wasn't real f- a big fan of anything how it was set up here. I'll kind of go how I would like to see it here in a second here. But so he he's kind of established. He's aligned himself with who you continually remind us, Gets the biggest reaction from the audience week in, week out in Finn Balor. So one of your great baby faces. Then he turns around on 205, and I, I believe he was wrestling Colin Delaney. Uh, kind of just a debut kind of match, you know? Kind of mm-hmm. throwaway. Well, in the match, he is yelling at the audience that they demanding their respect. He worked it as a heel. What? Okay, well... I'm glad
1: that you bring that up because one of the things that I was going to bring up is why in the hell is Hideo Itami coming out to save Finn Balor when Hideo Itami has been presented as a heel for the last
2: six months? Well, I, I think this goes to your second point here on this. In the run, uh, you're looking you're looking at that lack of continu- continuity. Well, now that now they can't even do it from they're going like a roller coaster.
1: <laughs> so now there's not even continuity between RAW. In 205 Live.
2: Right. What the fuck are we doing? Uh, he was giving a major, major heel vibe. Pretty much worked as a heel. He's yelling at the audience. Yeah, that's, uh, did... that's been his character for the last six months. Yeah. Show
1: me respect.
2: Yeah, he's using his NXT character. But then on Raw, they try to introduce him, trying to get that big pop. So anyone that was probably just getting introduced to him, uh, then tune into 205. It was probably a major curveball. What the fuck? Now I am very interested to see how and if they run him out there next Monday as part of the two hundred five uh, segments because they are in Chicago, and I am interested in that reaction for a GTS.
1: Yep, I noticed it as soon as he hit the GTS. Here come the CM Punk chance
2: again. Yep. Now you see what I? I thought they over exposed him a little bit on the show last night. I just would have ended it with the run-in. There was no reason for that match. I would just would have had him come in, make the save, hit a GTS on either of the Miztourage, and ended it that before going to a drawn-out match and then ending it, ending it with the GTS. I would have been short and sweet.
1: In case you're curious what kind of a reaction Hideo Itami gets in Chicago, in the All-State Arena, go back and watch TakeOver Chicago and his main event match
2: against Bobby Roode. CM Punk everywhere. What was it? And that's even, that's what smarter fans, I'm going to be, I'm curious to see when you have, Chicago is a smarter audience yep. uh, all around, but I, I am a little interested to see how, how they handle it with, when you do add in those
1: casuals as well. Uh, let's stay in the cruiserweight division. We get Cedric Alexander versus
2: Drew Gulak. What'd you think of the match? Solid match. I don't know, most, interest, most interesting topic A note here to me was, was Gulak's re- interaction, reaction, whatever, with Enzo afterwards. Yep, agreed. agreed. Dude, I, th- I thought that was just pure genius, man. You know, he's got the, the cotton stuff up his nose, he's bloodied up, and all he wants to do is, we got to
1: talk about this right now, man. i, I got to make this right with you. You know, I will say one thing about Enzo Amore, because I'm, I'm not a big Enzo guy. I don't hate the guy, but I'm not a big Enzo guy. But, man, does he know his character inside out. Yeah, when he went on that rant about how he was killing the environment, I think it, like, killed a small part of Wade Keller's soul. He's been ranting about that all week, ever
2: since. Well, here's why it works for Enzo. Because all accounts that we can hear, the reason that he ever ends up with heat on him from the boys in the back or he gets himself in trouble... What we're seeing is Enzo. Yep, that's Enzo. I got a feeling, you know, they usually say the best wrestling character is if you take the real person and crank it up to 10. I got a feeling they're turning that dial dial way down. I think they got to tone him down for television. So let's jump over to the uh, jersey. I I do have a quick question here for you on this one. Yeah? Uh, As we're talking 205, you know, last night the big rumor um, that was going to show up on 205. He's been with WWE this week. Rockstar Spud, he has reported for duty. Well, where do you see him landing here? What's going to be his role? Boy, I don't
1: know. I don't know. I don't know if Spud wants to wrestle or if Spud wants to manage or if Spud wants to do commentary. If Spud wants to be the general manager of 205 Live, I don't care. I'm just happy that Spud's going to be there.
2: Because Spud can do all of those things. I know I know you haven't heard it yet, uh, but our boys, uh, Big Ray, Billy Ray, Ben Hameen, they were over in the locker room this afternoon on the Hameen Media Group. Uh, they were talking about this, you know, and, and they were kind of pitching out some ideas to kind of rehash those great roles he had in Impact. Uh, I believe it was Big Ray said, you know, something along the lines of, maybe Spud could be like Stephanie's assistant. Kind of like that role oh, he did Oh, that'd be Dixie. great. She would tower over Spud. That would be so funny. I, I think it would be good, but you know, instead of rehashing one of those things, I, you know, I got to start thinking. You know, if they're going to keep him here on two hundred five, kind of what got me where they might be going is to have him end up replacing Gulak as that sidekick to Enzo. But I think it would be so much better if you had Spud and Gulak form a tandem. I think that character work between those two would be freaking gold oh yeah that would be great
1: that would be great at least spud can talk man spud will be able to go at enzo on the mic regardless of what role he is in
2: i I think you know if they do have those guys go at each other you just have enzo keeping that sleazeball you know character that he is and you let and you let spud be that proper uh englishman kind of tight you know Um, assuming,
1: assuming Spud is going to be, uh, active talent, uh, how do you introduce him? Who do you bring him in against?
2: I throw him, I throw him right into this thing. You know, if he, if he is going to two Oh five, which, you know, we're not setting stone on that yet. You know, he could show up on raw or Smackdown for his character work. Uh, he's going right into two Oh five. I think you have to ease him into the ring. Get that, car- that character established first. Let people kind of uh, fall in love or hate. You know, just get accustomed to it. Start to appreciate what he is bringing to the table. Let them invest in him on that personal level, and then maybe spin that off in some kind of storyline. Why why he has to step into the ring? What's Jack Gallagher doing? Anything? May I heard of I heard a proposal. Maybe I had a proposal to maybe team them up. I would. You know what, for the sake I'd, I'd of... I'd pair
1: them against each other.
2: Well, for the sake of getting Spud recognized and letting the audience really invest and get to know him, I would, I would maybe keep Gallagher away from television for a little while. Hmm. I, I would save that down the road. I, I just wouldn't... I don't... You know, just the stereotypes that you, would, that you see between those two, especially with fans here in the United States, I just wouldn't want to confuse people.
1: Oh, I would just, I would just present them as two incredibly different characters where you have Spud as the prim and proper and then you have Gentleman Jack who's just a
2: dick. I don't know. Uh, well, we're going to get into some of the issues I have with the fan base. Uh, I'm not real high on the casuals right now or those that aren't looking past the surface of what they're presenting to us. I, I, I just don't think it will... It would hurt both talents having something so similar paired up or against each other in some kind of t- in some kind of way.
1: Well, I feel like you were segueing there into the Jersey Mike segment presented by Kleenex. Introducing new softer Kleenex
2: tissues, now in prettier packages. Sometimes a little change can make a big difference. Kleenex, softer,
1: prettier. So we have the debacle that was the women's division on Monday Night Raw, and I say debacle in presentation, not in concept. Um, Where do you want to begin with this Royal Rumble thing?
2: <sighs> uh, man, wherever you want to jump into the pool, I, I can go at it from any angle. Uh, I guess I do have a, a way to start this off. I guess there is a huge misconception out there amongst some some fans that, that feel those of us that are critiquing how this has been presented, how it's been built up, there is this idea amongst them that, that we hate women's wrestling, that we hate everything that's going on here, that, that we hate the characters. That is not it. The issue is the just low road booking, the lowest common denominator booking – that has brought us to this point. And, all, and the reason that they're giving us that is because it is so unimportant as long as they are feeding the bigger objective of presenting themselves in this just falsehood of the, uh, the, that they are some, some grand entity, self-righteous, forging group that, that are trying to build up women's rights around the world. It's the constant pat
1: on the back. Like, we're not against a women's rumble match. You and I have actually completely on the air changed our minds on our position on this going back weeks now. When they did the women's battle royal down at NXT, it changed both of our minds about the women's rumble match. And now we're left with this. Here's the thing that pissed us off. And I'm sure that if, if I'm wrong here, go ahead and jump in. It's not that we're getting the women's rumble. It's that we're getting this huge melee that's going on inside of the ring. And as soon as Stephanie McMahon's music hits, the entire women's division cowers in fucking fear and stops doing what they're doing. Because Stephanie McMahon is this omnipotent presence. That's what we're pissed off about. This is about Stephanie Not the women's division. This is about Stephanie.
2: And that pisses me off. Speaking of Stephanie, uh, you're you're right. This just had to be about the McMahon brand and her grabbing uh, the spotlight and WWE's half-ass attempt to fool the sheep into continuing to believe the company gives two shits about women's equality.
1: The way that thing was presented the other night, we should send Stephanie McMahon first class to North Korea. And we would never fight with North Korea again because Stephanie
2: McMahon is there. Yeah, you know, Her little spiel. I mean, here's what really got me here. Her little spiel did nothing to put talent over. Not a this damn made, thing. This was made to be about just it, what, what this should have been about. This should have been about fierce competition within the division. Uh, this should have been about extraordinary talent. It was the presentation.
1: If they, What they should have done is at the very top of the show teased that Stephanie McMahon is going to be here tonight to make a huge announcement that is going to rock the women's division to its core and tease it throughout the night. Because Stephanie's this huge draw, right? But no, they didn't do that. They didn't do that at all. And then Monday Night Raw drops off six hundred thousand viewers in between the beginning and the end of the show.
2: Well, you you know why? I, see, I I don't think Stephanie should have had anything to do with this. Uh, I I have run it out there before. I will go over here again in a moment. For since we. As you noted at the top of the show, hey, we're blowing up. We're getting new listeners every week. Uh, So I want to throw out how I would have done this. But what they've actually done, like I said, this had to be about the McMahon brand. You know, let's not forget 50-50 booking. Shane got to randomly announce the Money in the Bank women's match. Uh, So in an eerily familiar situation, it's Stephanie McMahon's turn. Yep, we predicted that weeks ago. You know, in my mind, when we have been talking about this for the last few weeks, she should not have had anything to do with this. Uh, when you throw a McMahon in there, anyone from the office, any sort of management, it immediately bec- it comes off forced like they are pushing it on us. And that is their own fault because that they've even turned that into storylines. We decide what's best for you. You better like it. It immediately it immediately puts a sour taste in the fans mouth.
1: I made the comment to you the other day that the women's division has become the female version of Roman Reigns. This women's revolution is the female version of Roman Reigns. I'm so goddamn tired of having it
2: shoved down my fucking throat. Quit talking about it and just fucking do it. Well, and I think people are starting to see that. What they should have done with this, they should have put this thing in the hands of... I always, I said put it in the hands of, of Trish and Lita. Let them start this thing. Start it with a blue like a uh uh, just start on social media they are so big on social media a grassroots campaign to get it going have Lita and Trish start talking about how great the women are right now how the talent start putting over the talent first and foremost not some company objective put over the talent have the legends putting them over start building towards this then you come out Start teasing a big announcement. I was going to push it back to with a Christmas episode or the New Year's episode where you actually have leader and Trish show up. and They say, hey, they took this to the board. People are talking about this, not only the current roster, not only the former, but women's wrestlers outside of the company. The fans are talking about this. Other professional athletes are talking about this, this has got a real movement. This has the feeling of something like the yes movement. This is the people driving this, truly driving this. So they went to the, the board. They've got permission, and they are here to announce an in a major blockbuster moment the first women's Rumble match. Here's Build what... up to it. Get people on the edge of your seats. Get them invested. But no, we just have some arbitrarily just run it out there bullshit with Stephanie so she can have the spotlight. Here, here's
1: what pisses us off. And you and I have talked about this off the air numerous times, that this women's revolution thing is nothing more than a marketing tool that has been put into action by the McMahon family. And now I have numbers to back this up. Because I got this wild idea last night, and I started doing some math. So I'm going to throw some numbers at you here, Rick. All right, let's have them, brother. The WWE currently has 104 active talents on their main roster. Does that number surprise you at all? That seemed really, really high to me. Well, there's a lot going on. 22 of them are active women, 17 of them are cruiserweights. Those 39 talents comprise 37.5% of the roster. So, roughly 40% of the roster is either women or cruiserweights. Since the brand or er, the superstar shakeup And these numbers came to me from one Mr. Wade Keller at PW Torch. The women have gotten 8% of the airtime. The cruiserweights have gotten 5% of the airtime on the main roster. That's 13% of the airtime. I broke down those numbers. That translates into 23.4 minutes of Raw. Seven minutes of SmackDown. Roughly 30 minutes is what those 39 talents get to get themselves over. And then they want to tell me about the women's revolution.
2: The revolution is real, brother.
1: The revolution is real. 30 minutes to get over 39 talents. You know, one of the biggest problems
2: here is the truth. The truth about this entire thing is the WWE is shit, maybe a decade or so behind the curve. I mean, look, just in sports, we've had the, w, the WNBA, uh, U.S. women's soccer, the, the Williams sisters, countless female Olympic stars. Now, in wrestling, damn near everywhere else in the world, women have been treated with respect. They've been working these top-profile programs. They've, they've been treated as equals. Yeah, the All-Japan
1: women in the 90s, the TNA knockouts of the 2000s. Uh, You're great independent women's promotions. that just focus on that to shine, shimmer, stardom. It's not like the
2: WWE invented fucking women's wrestling. Yeah. WWE is just trying to make up for years of hornball management, trying to think with, you know, thinking with their dicks instead of their brains. And now they want to pat themselves on the back for it.
1: And 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 that's what that
2: segment Monday was. And that pisses me off. I, and I'm sorry, a lot of people like to compare what we've got here in this era, this crop. They are talented. I will give them that. I'll go, I'm going to go out and say this, though. Top to bottom, you go back to the Attitude Era in the early 2000s. Top to bottom, those women were more talented. Professional wrestlers all around, in-ring character. The total package, they were superior to what we have now as a, as a collective group. And if you want evidence of that, the
1: first thing that happened when we announced this women's rumble is, oh my gosh, are we going to get Trish? Are we going to get Lita? Are we going to get Gail Kim? No talk about who's going to actually win the rumble. Who on the main roster right now is actually going to win the rumble. It's all about, ooh, what legends can we bring in? Are we going to get any indie talent? How many women are they going to have to call up from NXT? This should be about the women on the main roster not doing this just for the sake of fucking doing it. So Stephanie can pat herself on the back.
2: Uh, Speaking of her patting herself on the back, I couldn't even make it through the entire article with her, where she's quoting. It's this long overdue. This is such a proud," And and she's literally interesting. This is a proud moment for me, you know, and then the women, Uh, once again, not don't worry about putting over your talent. Maybe that's the reason no one invests in your damn program. No one gives a shit about what you're putting out there because you can't sell us talent. You have to sell us your company objectives, but it, it, everything that sums up what is totally wrong with this was the picture at the end of the closing of Raw. They are all, you know, they just went from from hating each other, beating the shit out of one another. Now they're sorority sisters. They're hugging and dancing, uh, raising their hands. Everyone is smiling. You've got your badasses, and they're crying because of the announcement, shedding tears. Uh, what really stood out to me was the reaction from Asuka. She she does like that little Japanese like schoolgirl giggle. The one that really stood
1: out to me, and this is going to amaze people, was Paige. Paige, your big, bad, badass, right? You know what she She should say? Fuck this. This is about me. This isn't about the women's revolution. Absolution shouldn't even been in the ring. They should have got the hell out of there. Fuck no. And Alexa Uh Bliss should be the last person that's happy about this. She's, yeah, the, her, she's the women's champ. Why would she be happy about this?
2: But look, but look right over Stephanie's shoulder. She's making the an announcement. Her and Nia are hugging. Just ridiculous,
1: man. The presentation was ridiculous. I'm looking forward to the women's rumble. I hope it's a really good match. But that yeah. presentation on Monday was fucking insulting.
2: You got it. And what sums it up, what we're getting at there, go to Sports Illustrated. Go back on your DVR. Go to WD.com. Look up that final image. Of all them standing there in the ring, completely shitting on the business.
1: So let's move on to something that makes me a little bit happier, a little bit, not much, but a little bit. Bray Hard, Bray Hardy, <laughs> Matt Hardy, and Bray Wyatt. Week three of this shit. But at least I got to see Matt Hardy playing chess with Napoleon
2: the Fish. Did you like Napoleon the Fish? The only thing I have here, uh, and brother, uh, I'm ripping off a little bit of your gimmick when something just totally flops for you. Uh, the only thing on note I have is fucking terrible. <laughs> sorry. Sorry to lift your gimmick.
1: I, I actually enjoyed Matt Hardy playing chess with the fish. I did enjoy that. That was the closest thing to the broken brilliance that I have seen thus far. But yeah, I, I really wish we could get this guy fired. The guy who writes six months worth of creative in six minutes, that guy needs to go. We're, we're, we're only three weeks into this thing, and we're already at this ridiculous level of Matt Hardy playing chess with a fish. That would have made complete sense over in TNA, like six months into the program. But now, no. And we still got, you know, the, the shower curtain that nobody has a steamer for. Just baffling. Just baffling. Also on this show, we had the return of the revival. That made me happy. Um, I think Corey Graves is going to be the most important
2: member of the revival. Hmm. What, what do you got going there, man?
1: Corey is going to have to tell this story of how good the revival are and why you should like the revival and the history of tag team wrestling and why these guys are so great. It's going to have to be a slow build, man. You can't just throw them... Right into a title program.
2: I think you've got to slow
1: build those guys.
2: I was going to say, so you were okay with how this, how they were presented coming back here. I, I was I was wondering if you thought maybe they were more fitting of a, a more impactful return.
1: I was okay with a third of the return because, I mean, the Revival, while they've been called up for a while, they haven't been around very much because one of them got injured and then the other one got injured. And it, it was almost like a complete reintroduction of the Revival to me.
2: I agree with you there, uh, especially, you know, we've only seen them. They would come in and almost get something going, you know, but other times when they came in, you know, they were they were kind of pushed into some high profile spots. You know, upon their their move from NXT, they were looking to get into a feud with the new day. Yeah. Uh, that was their first big venture on the in the Raw, Correct. Yep. Yep. Uh, then then obviously, as you pointed out, they get sidelined looking like they're going to come back again. We got another injury issue. Uh, hopefully they hopefully they can stay healthy now two tremendous talents but I feel what you're saying though it's it needs to be a bit of a slow burn I I do agree with you it's going to take Corey Graves but not just Graves it's going to they're going to need to work together to make sure that the entire commentary team is on the same page to. To drive this directive.
1: Yeah. Uh, Michael Cole, I believe, uh, compared them to the Rock and Roll Express. Nope.
2: Yeah. What the and then hell?
1: Booker T turns around and compares them to Harlem Heat. Nope. I mean,
2: there's one obvious comparison here, and it's Arden Tolly. Well, I was, you know, just – I didn't catch that on the show when they made those comparisons. As you brought them to my attention – you know, my first thought is is Rock and Roll Express, Harlem Heat. No, the revival represents everything that was against those teams. Yeah, they're old school, no flips, just fist. I mean, Rock and Roll and Harlem Heat
1: are two of the flashiest tag teams in freaking history.
2: These guys and ain't flashy. Well, that's when, you know, when I you know when I was mentioning that the commentary team is, need, is going to need to be on the same page. I am going. To, I am so worried that, yes, Graves will do his job talking about, you know, what he saw from them in NXT, what they are truly about. And then it's going to end up into a game of a grab dick and bickering with him and Booker T over just basic principles of tag team wrestling. So we're going to have a six-minute match where they're out there trying to get themselves over, and then Graves and Booker T are going to be talking about something completely different for four minutes.
1: Oh. <sighs> And that's the other thing with the revival too is you have to give them time. They can't be going out there and doing three minute matches. That's
2: just not their style. Well, it looks like you know coming out of this match, Rhino and Slater, they got they got the after match rub. You know they get that backstage segment with Kurt Angle that they need to become more aggressive. What I'm gathering from that is you're going to see them kind of buckle down where it's not so much comedy wrestling. So that you can get some good matches with the revival, let them show their their actual technique and skill. So I think this thing's gonna probably you're gonna see these two teams mixing it up for a month or so,
1: with the revival eventually winning the program. Obviously.
2: Oh yes, yeah, yeah. That uh, that is your definite payoff. They're probably right now they're just trying to present Rhino and Slater as credible opponents.
1: Monday Night Raw on USA Network drew a 1.95 rating amongst live and same-night DVR viewership. That's up from the 1.9 without Roman Reigns uh, the previous week. Uh, and .05 below the 10-week rolling average going into this week, which was 2.0. First-hour viewership back over 3 million. And then it dropped to under 2.5 million in the third hour, 2.470. Drop-off from first to third, 625,000. Second biggest drop-off in the last eight weeks. In the third time all year, there was a drop-off of more than 600,000 people. Anything else you want to say about Monday Night Raw? Uh,
2: one, One little point I want to bring up. I was kind of in my little bonus Raw conversation last week, and it will be there again. Uh, three weeks ago, possible collusion between Rollins and Reigns uh, to kill Elias's pop. Yep, they're trying, ain't they? Two weeks ago, Elias fed to Braun. Yep. One week ago, Elias missing in action. Yep. This week, this week, working with the women's division. Yep. And they it don't. seemed
1: like the women were getting heat. Did you notice that? Yep. Like that yep. crowd was like, no, fuck you. We want to walk
2: with Elias. Here's the problem with that, man. Don't fly too high on your own or they will snip your wings. Yep. Well, look at Finn Balor.
1: I mean, the guy, when the guy came in, rocket straight to the moon. And still getting the biggest pops of the night. And what's he doing? Fighting with the Miztourage. All right, cool. I got nothing, man. I got nothing. The only positive thing is we get to go to SmackDown next. Oh wait, that's that's not necessarily good
2: either. Uh, hey, wasn't a bad show. I mean, it some good wrestling. Uh, I wouldn't say it was an exciting Fallout show by any means. I was. I'm not gonna call it a bad show. I'm not gonna call it a good show, but I'm not gonna
1: call it a bad show. Um, I'm gonna dedicate. Our musical break this week to daniel bryan and shane mcmahon this song is called true friends by bring me the horizon we'll be right back
0: i wouldn't hold my breath if i was you because i forget but i'll never forgive you don't you know don't you know true friends stab you in the front How things work out such a bitter irony, like a kick right to the teeth.
1: Bring Me the Horizon off the album, That's the Spirit, with their song, True Friends. Nothing like getting stabbed in the front. So let's go to SmackDown Live from Newark, New Jersey. Uh, uh, Tale of two shows. There was some good stuff on this show. There was some not-so-good stuff on this show. And Rick uh,
2: only saw about half the show, from my understanding. No, 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 no. (laughs) As I said, coming into this thing. Uh, you know, on the other side of the break there, I said, I didn't want to call it a bad show. It wasn't a good show. It was just the a show. show. It was just a show. It was, uh, it was the middle of the road, you know? Well, let's kick things off
1: with Shane and Brian. Uh, I, I think the first thing that I really took away from this was the fan reaction to Shane. Did you catch on to that? They did not seem happy to see Shane.
2: Uh, definitely, it was pro-Brian. I don't think that they were really eating up too much of uh, what Shane was trying to dish out. I don't think they were buying into you know, what, what's been getting him over for the last, I don't know, two months? Month and a half? Two months?
1: It almost kind of felt like Shane was taken aback. And I wonder how much of this promo was... Shane feeling the crowd and improving some of this because it's just something about it felt off to me. Where do you think this is going? Because I, I can tell you right now, man, I do not think on any plane of existence you're going to get Daniel Bryan booed. I think this whole Daniel Bryan heel turn thing, might as well just throw it out the window.
2: Well, I think, that you know, this really goes back to what we've talked about in the past, is I really believe as much as we are in the dark on Daniel Bryan's future with WWE and professional wrestling, that the WWE is feeling that same way. They they really don't know what's going on from here. So in typical WWE fashion, their objective would be okay, we, we gotta let's try to bury him here. I hate using that term, but I think it is very fitting here. Let's try to bury the Brian brand. And in the process, let's make sure that we reconfirm that Shane is the man around here. But like you said, that's backfiring. Yeah, it's just not working. Uh, Storyline wise, you know, just for us fans here, it almost seems like you have to have a payoff here where Brian steps back into that
1: ring. You have to. Otherwise, this just is not going to work. I mean, even if you have Daniel Bryan in one person's corner and Shane McMahon in another person's corner, and you have two talents in the ring representing each, I don't think
2: that's going to work. I think this has to lead to Bryan in the ring. Well, okay, something just occurred to me here. You know, kind of to put together uh, what I was just saying with, with your point. Do you think that they they sons of bitches at WWE, and I think this would be a terrible idea on their behalf, but I can see them trying to pull this off. Push it, push it, push it. Where in our minds. This has to end in a Daniel Bryan in-ring return, but knowing with inside, behind the scenes, they will not clear him to compete, but on camera in front of all these casuals, these thousands upon thousands and millions of casuals, Bryan says they make him look like the coward, and he walks away. Oh, I just I don't know I don't see know what I'm saying yeah I could see in their mind them trying to do something like that and saying no you know almost as a jab towards those individuals that came up like that you recreate the CM Punk thing under a WWE narrative
1: yeah that could be that could be I I just I feel like this has to be leading to a Brian return. I, I very much got that feeling Sunday night when Brian and Shane started pushing each other around in the ring. That was the first time we'd seen anybody be physical with Brian in how long? I mean, aside from in your brain when Kane put Brian through a table.
2: Well, I, I you know I, the first time I heard it was from Mister Stevie Richards. Since then, I have heard it from countless other personalities within the professional wrestling industry that that have been in there Shane McMahon is the last individual that you want someone with concussion problems going out there facing
1: yeah yeah well I mean you could spin this a couple of different ways I mean relationships are hard right like Carly and I have a great relationship but you know like any relationship you go through your ups and you go through your downs but eventually you know you come back together because you love each other. Maybe this leads to Shane and Brian versus Owens and Zane. You know, maybe, maybe they both just realize we each got to give a little bit and make this relationship work.
2: I, I wouldn't know anything about that. I can't get anyone to pretty much tolerate me longer than like two weeks. Uh, but I'll take your word there. You know, I, I've seen relationships from the outside. I see people struggle through some things and work through their issues and come back even stronger and more in love and united. I, kinda, I, I, I guess I could see that. I'm kind of feeling that. You know, they, this could be like some master plan, uh, some sinister scheme on behalf of the dastardly Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn to, to split WWE's most happy management team apart from one another. But well, then it all comes full circle and they get back on the same page and then they take out the villains. Do, do you? Can you buy that story? I think if it's done right, you know, just like you presented it, it's relatable to individuals, isn't it? I, I, I think I could buy
1: into that. I don't, as I, sh- as- I don't know if I would trust them to execute it, but... You know i I think I could buy into that story That's and then and saying. then you put Brian in a tag match, you can protect him a little bit more, you put him in there with Owens and Zane, like I would trust them to protect Brian, given their history.
2: I don't know Sami zayn he throws one one stiff chair shot. <laughs> Hey, maybe, you know, maybe we're all sitting there thinking, you know, he's just been kind of laying off because he's afraid of what Orton might do to him backstage. Maybe he's just just, for Brian. Yeah, he's just getting ready for that chair shot on Brian. you got a great point there, too, you know, because Owens and and Zane can go out there and work, you know, to get their stuff in and protect him. And then you also have Shane there to do that over the top crazy ass thing that'll take, you know, take the pressure off of Brian to have to go out there and overperform
1: Here's another idea that I kind of tossed around last night in my brain and my little creative noggin that I have. Um, Could this be leading to Mr. Shane McMahon? You know, and you end up with Shane picks Sammy. Sammy becomes the corporate guy. Owens becomes your anti-hero and aligns himself with Brian. You turn Owens' baby face. Zayn turns on Owens before Owens can turn on him because that's always been the history is Owens turning on Zayn. Could you buy into a Mr. Shane McMahon?
2: Buy in? Uh, No. Expecting? Yes. Fair enough. It seems to be they don't know any other direction. Than to create these characters like this, uh, especially around the McMahons, it's been a while with Shane for that. So I I definitely I I think 100 percent that is where they're going. I think it'll tie back into what I mentioned, that they'll just try to make anyone that's on the way out look pathetic uh, to put over the Shane McMahon character or Mr. Mr. Shane McMahon character. I'm not buying it. I'll tell you now, man, you kind of got me exi- excited about the The other thing you kind of pitched, man, I think you've done right. That could really get people to invest in it. It's relatable.
1: The, the tag team yeah. scenario. Yeah. Interesting. Let us know what you think. Hit us on Twitter, HTMPW pod, Facebook hitting the marks. Let us know. Uh, the other big development from last night was you getting put on timeout. Didn't, didn't you, uh, make the comment, uh, regarding, uh, the Usos and uh, Stellar Nebula match. That if Stellar Nebula went over, you were uh, gonna ban yourself from the Hamin discussion group for the night because uh, you were putting yourself on timeout.
2: Yeah, it was only the the live discussion I was removing myself from. Uh, and yeah, and I held true to that. I, I took off. I only had one other thing that I contributed, and I and I did that through through Lewis. I I. I sent him a meme that I created that was just too good to pass up. I had to get it in there, but I didn't want to go back on my word. So, yeah, I spent the evening lurking in other dark corners of the interweb <laughs> conversing <laughs> about what was going on on SmackDown Live. I, I had to leave uh, our regular friends behind for the evening. Uh, but I did not get this. But thought it was a great match. Great match. But why? I,
1: <laughs> why? Why? Why do they insist on your champions losing on
2: television? Why? If, if, that's, that's my point. It just happens all the time because they cannot come up with a more creative avenue to, to go down to create contenders. So the easiest rally is to go is like, oh, have them beat them in a non-championship match. If we, didn't see, if we didn't see that over and over and over, it could have worked here. Because we did see New Day just barely survive a Fatal 4-Way match two days pr- prior to this. And, and you could say, hey, it, just, it was the wear and tear on them. It, it was that emotion. you know. They just had a down moment. I would get that in that narrative. But we see this all the time.
1: Yep, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. It seems like they really have a good thing going with the Usos right now. So let's... Just continually beat them on TV. This is what? The second time in two weeks they've been beaten on TV, right? As a team, as singles, they've been continued to be beat over the last month. Just doesn't make any sense. Why do you want to present weak
2: champions? I don't understand that. Great match. Uh, I was not a fan of the outcome. Like I said, if this would have been a rarity, great. But this happens every other week. And it's just not the tag division, it's across the entire WWE universe.
1: Well, let's talk about the segment that you didn't get to talk about last night then. Your precious Sharshar and Naomi
2: against the Riot <sighs> Squad. You know, first first off, she comes out and she's putting over the women's rumble. Uh, there's only one kind of lip service I want from my Sharshar. And it wasn't this bullshit that she was spouting off about last night. I've seen some reference
1: to did Charlotte spoil the rumble in saying that she will be waiting for whoever wins. Oh, does that mean a SmackDown woman's going to win the rumble? No, she's just putting over the fact that she thinks that a woman from SmackDown is going to win.
2: Well, another thing in there, too, everyone's just assuming that in the rules of this women's rumble, that they have to go after their brand. Right. Yeah, I, whoever's buying into, into it that much, come on. She's just putting over the fact that, more, more importantly, that if the winner chooses so, she will be ready to defend her championship. The only other thing that
1: I really had to comment on when it comes to this segment was Naomi calling the Riot Squad a bunch of chicken heads
2: <laughs> Do you have any idea what a chicken head is, Rick? Uh I've seen them like hanging like in butcher store windows. I I know what a turtle head is. Is it anything like that?
1: Chicken head is a slang term for a woman who sucks cock to get ahead in the world. That's what a chicken head is. How fucking PG is that? Oh, Bria Nikki uh, chicken head. Good fucking Christ. I couldn't believe she let out with that. My god.
2: I wonder if whoever approved that knew what it meant. Uh, if she knew what it meant. Uh,
1: uh, I just I, I that was one of those Booker T
2: tell me she didn't just say that. I I just wondering like where this came from. Who approved it? Whose idea it was? Uh, this kind of has like that, um, remember at the beginning of the revolution, the sorority sister?
1: Oh. What was that?
2: S- SOS, was right? Wasn't it? Yes. Uh, sorority something, whatever the hell it was. Oh,
1: yeah, and it turned out
2: that it was like a porn site or something. Gosh, I don't remember
1: that whole story now.
2: All right, so it's along those lines. They run something out there that they think sounds cute or funny. And then they changed it to PCB, right? Yeah, they just went with their initials.
1: How ironic that Paige was part of that. Sorry, cheap shot. So speaking of chicken heads, what? what this Dolph Ziggler thing. Okay. I... <laughs> I must say, this is the most interesting thing
2: that Dolph Ziggler has done possibly in years. Hey, I, I, most interesting thing he's done, it was hands down the most interesting thing that went down on this show and probably the most interesting thing that's gone on this week in WWE. But
1: what the hell was it? And where does it go from here? Like, what what just happened? And more so, the thing that absolutely baffled me why did nobody comment on this for the rest of the show? Like nobody cared, including Daniel Bryan on his cell phone backstage. Like they just laid down the second most important title on your show, and
2: and no, and no one's worried about addressing it. Nobody way. gives a shit. Did yeah, it... I actually? I enjoyed the entire segment uh, as he's getting as he's bringing it along. I think I thought he was really selling it, off showing, you know, why he's been around for so long, why he is so important to what they have going on going forward uh here we oh here we go it's kind of funny this is great timing uh we just had a story come out that he is being pulled from live events as well so they're going to sell this thing he's going to disappear i think that's exactly what they need to do keep him away out of sight out of mind for a while what do you do with dolph
1: ziggler if you're wwe how, how, how does this play out in your mind
2: do you got any ideas? Man, that, that's a tough call. I've heard other ideas pitched. I don't know if I'm exactly behind them. Uh, uh, Billy Ray was pitching. I believe it was Billy Ray or Big Ray pitched that maybe he comes back and wins the Rumble. Ooh,
1: that's an interesting one.
2: Uh, at this point, though, with with all the casuals, is does it work to have him go challenge for one of your one of your championships? Does Does AJ versus Ziggler at, at WrestleMania do anything for you? No, no. I think I think the match would be fine, but no. Um, I wonder at this point if, from what I saw, the reaction to Nakamura, I almost wonder if in that time you could build up Ziggler to to rival that. I mean, he's not getting a reaction either. I mean, who who is an over the top? challenger for AJ Styles well here's an
1: idea for you for Ziggler and I don't know how long you would play this out I'm not sure if you would I think by the rumble would be too soon to bring him back but you would want him back in time for Wrestlemania so let's put this at a six-week story okay how many indie shows do you think Dolph Ziggler could work in the next Ooh, six weeks? Yeah, that
2: that was another idea that I've seen pitched to do, have him do show the up on Cody Indies. Rhodes story to really do the Cody uh, Rhodes I, I story. Like it. I like it, man. Have him start showing up elsewhere and really sell. Hey, man, I'm out of there.
1: Yeah, I think that's I think that's the most interesting story.
2: Uh, keep it grassroots, though. I, I don't want to see. Highlight clips of nope. I don't don't want to hear talking about it on SmackDown. I don't want to, I don't want it on dot com. I don't want it on Facebook, on Twitter. I don't want any of it.
1: Nope, but you know, every fucking dirt sheet is going to report on it. And if you're going to mark it to the marks, that's one hell of a way to do it. That's one hell of a way to do it because you know everybody's going to be talking about it. Meltzer's going to talk about it. Keller's going to
2: talk about it. Sam Roberts is going to talk about it. And even even damn well knowing it's a work, it's something so out of their norm that we haven't seen, it's going to get attention and it's going to be exciting. Dolph Ziggler and Evolve. I could see it. That's an interesting uh, possibility, man. It's an hey, interesting hey, just possibility. To play into some of the conspiracies, man. To play just into a few of the wrestling conspiracies out there. What if he walked out here and what if he shows up at Wrestle Kingdom? Wouldn't that be some shit? Just a cameo in the audience or something Wouldn't like that.
1: that. Yeah, just sitting in the office. Just sitting. No, just, sit, just sitting there watching the show, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that'd be better. Yeah, just sitting, like, front row, NXT style. Yeah. Just sitting there in a suit and a t-shirt. Dolph Ziggler, world tour. Yep. Um, New Day versus Rusev Day. Do you even want to talk about this? Is there anything to talk about? Uh <laughs> it, it's your, your hey. Christmas humor spot.
2: Yeah, you know this was coming. This was this was SmackDown Live's kind of Christmas show. I think the only uh, thing to talk about is Rusev Day getting the pop of the night. Well, you've got that, which is no surprise. I think we all saw that coming. I think again, you know, hats off to Rusev Day, once again taking chicken shit and making pure gold out of it.
1: I'm starting to turn. I'm starting to turn. I love Rusev Day. Don't get me wrong. But they're kind of pissing me off. Where's the fashion files? I'm starting to wonder if Rusev Day is going to replace the fashion files.
2: they, They did make that announcement. They're moving it
1: strictly to .com, aren't they? Yeah, and I went to the .com last night. Guess what? No fashion files. I understand Tyler Breeze was just brutally murdered. By the Bludgeon Brothers, who were also oddly missing from this show.
2: Uh, yeah, no mention of any of that. You could have twisted that very easily into something about Fandango grieving over Breeze. Yeah, I expected funeral services in Newark. Uh, I hope, I hope, brother, that you are wrong there. I know they were in this comedy spot here. Man, people are digging these guys. They're they're getting over organically. they they're just buying into their characters. They're selling it. And that's what sh- they should be rewarded for this. And it's They're fun. Taking...
1: People like yes. Rusev Day. Everybody wants to celebrate Rusev Day. I think, you know, kind of getting lost in this is the amazing work from Aiden English. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, man, you want to talk about a guy saving his career. When Simon Gotch left, I thought it was yeah. just a matter of time.
2: Yeah. Like, how many days left on the contract before yep. they don't renew you?
1: Yep. Either that or your congratulations. You're now the jobber to Ty Dillinger, who is the jobber um, to everybody else. Well, you
2: know, then when they run him out there by himself in, he's an opera singer. Yeah. And it was like, eh. And these, and these two, too. You know, Rusev was kind of left for dead, too, on the side of the road after Lana
1: was taken to do her own thing. Yeah, remember when Rusev requested his release because he was so pissed off? You remember
2: that story? Yeah. Thanks, Meltzer. Uh, so, yeah. These, these guys are they're thriving I, and I hope that they don't get put stuck in this comedy role.
1: That's it's what okay. I'm afraid of.
2: It's okay to have that aspect of this. I just don't want to see them in costumes backstage
1: every week. Yeah, I don't want to see them turn into the New Day. You know, that's that's yeah. my fear here. That's my fear. Uh, the six-man main event, of course, you have Jinder Mahal, who is my pick to win the Women's Royal Rumble. Um, and Owens and Zayn versus AJ nakamura and orton was there any business here like nothing got advanced here it was a fine match but
2: a uh, fine match did you happen did you watch this match on tribute to the troops no i have not watched tribute to the Troops. okay i i had i saw bits and pieces of it i wasn't sure how much of it was the same match uh, i will admit that during tribute to the troops i was more into what was happening on impact wrestling that night a great match with Van Ness and Rosemary held my attention quite a bit more than a novelty six man. So they run this match back out here, but it didn't do any business. You know, it was just more of a running in place. Kind of. Yeah. I I think because tribute to the troops, it did get a good reaction. You know, fans were kind of buzzing about it. So it's probably one of those things where they're like, okay, maybe a good portion of the audience didn't see that. Let's go ahead and run it out there again. I, I, like I said, you know, this is this is a fine like novelty match. It just didn't do anything for anyone going forward.
1: Yeah, it didn't seem to advance any storylines. Didn't bring anything to a conclusion.
2: Well, I which actually looking back at this entire show, this kind of is a, a fitting end, then correct? Yeah, it really is.
1: It really is. Um, I I expect more from go home shows and fallout shows. You know and it just didn't feel like it went anywhere. It's just
2: odd. Well, you know, to me, what I really expected here, we have a little over a month till the Rumble. Man, I, I was coming in. I was I was hyped for this show. Uh, as bad as Clash of Champions was uh, with this just clusterfuck that we have going on here with with Brian and Shane and KO and Sammy and and where do Orton and Nakamura fall in where are these guys going to start going towards this rumble I was hoping that we had something really big uh, to really get us going into the new year uh, I guess we can get that next week but it's really tough with a big holiday week like that to, to think that they're going to overinvest in the product I was hoping to have it here and we didn't get it like you said man it's just running in place I'm curious
1: what's going on with Randy Orton, because I saw a report, I think it was yesterday, that Orton is going to be taking a bunch of time off
2: right after the Rumble. Yeah. Is, now, it's just live events. He's still scheduled for television, correct? Oh, is that what it was? I believe so. I, don't hold me to that, but I thought he was still scheduled for quite a bit of television, but it's just you know, the, the house shows that he'll be well, I wonder I was kind of wondering if he was going
1: to go be making a movie or something, and that's why he was growing his hair out.
2: Uh, quite possible. He is changing the look right now.
1: Yeah, and it's the hair is at a very odd stage at this point. I'm not really sure what's going on with Randy Orton's hair. I'm not sure Randy Orton's really sure what's going on with Randy Orton's hair
2: uh let's let's hope that it's not a movie. Yeah, because
1: uh, I, I would hate to lose Randy right now. I feel like Randy's really been heating up. And, well, I was going to say, let's hope it's not a movie, but a character change. And he is actually one of the individuals that comes to mind when you talk about people that win the Royal Rumble. We've been talking for weeks that Randy Orton is a star. Randy Orton versus AJ Styles at WrestleMania.
2: Does that intrigue you at all? I, I know. Man, I could see... Now, knowing what I know and you know, and I think people think that we're full of shit when we say this. I know but go, right? to, but go to a live event. I know. Just it's sit crazy. Back, put away your expectations, your own beliefs of what you think should be going on, and just numb down and really take in the casual audience. They love Randy Orton.
1: A heel Randy Orton versus AJ Styles? I could see that. I could see that, especially if, if Randy's motivated and really wants to work. I could see it.
2: I'm just worried. I, I'm not even worried about it because I know the internet wrestling community would just start shitting all over it. But WWE, they shouldn't care about that uh, if because this isn't going to – this isn't like your marquee, marquee match. The WWE championship, in all reality, is probably going to be like fourth on that card from importance. Yep. It very well could be the match of the night, but in terms of hype and where they listed on the marquee, it's going to be down the line a little bit. If
1: there's four main events,
2: this is the fourth one. You're correct, sir. Um, I think the IWC, they probably have it so built up in their head right now that it needs to be Nakamura. Anything else is going to be disappointing. But hey, let's throw it out there. They should be prepared. This could be Randy Orton. He could be going back-to-back WrestleMania, challenging for the championship. Anything else that
1: you wanted to comment on when it comes to SmackDown Live this week? Uh,
2: No, like I said, man, it was kind of just running in place. We'll see how they do next week. They are in the holiday week. Uh, Hopefully they they turn it up, man. Turn up the volume. Bring it You get people invested, get people talking over the holidays. You got people that are coming together. Uh, Bring out some good old memories of watching wrestling. Get some hype out there. Get the word out. Give us some good programs Monday and Tuesday.
1: You say that there are people coming together. And I just keep thinking
2: Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan. Hey, one little note though on both shows for WWE Monday Night Raw. Uh, you are our numbers, man. You are on top of these all the time. I know you will be here, but something for you to look forward to. It, it might be such great news because it might be such a low. Next Monday, uh, obviously, they have Christmas. Uh, the following week, they are a New Year's Day, not just a holiday. They are up against the semifinals of the NCAA college playoffs, football oh. playoffs. Then one week later, and this is these are the back-to-back weeks we have Brock Lesnar, one week later on the 8th, they are up against the championship game.
1: Oh.
2: I guess that might explain why they're trying to I, – I, I guess they're thinking 30, sec, 30 seconds of Brock each week is going to offset the college football playoffs.
1: Oh, man. We're, I'm, I'm waiting for the day that that drop-off number – from the first hour to the third hour hits a million viewers and it might be coming real soon.
2: Uh, no, I don't think so, brother, because like you said, if they're not there from the beginning, they can't leave. Valid. Valid.
1: Well, we knew that the SmackDown run was going to be kind of short this week, so I thought it would be a good time to do my way-too-early WrestleMania predictions. i have i believe 12 matches here i think it's a pretty solid card rick i'm curious as to your thoughts if we could get to these matches now this is me looking at the wwe landscape as it stands right now this is not a be the booker this is my actual predictions for the wwe wrestlemania
2: 34 card you ready for this i was gonna say once again this is what you see them doing creatively. This is not what you like to see, or what you would do. Right. This is this is my how I see the
1: creative landscape.
2: I do I just feel when we do things like this, we have to say it like a hundred times. Do you want to start at the opening, it's, it's your, or it's do your you want card? to? Well, it's no, I'm, cars, I'm saying, brother.
1: do you want me to work through it from the beginning of the show to the
2: end of the show? Or do you want me to give you the main events and work backwards? Yes. No, take, take me to New Orleans. Give me the experience. I am, I am going into my seat. What am I going to? What's, what's first out of the gate? Lead me right up to my main event.
1: Your first match out of the gate is going to be the Cruiserweight Championship match. And it is going to be Hideo Itami versus Finn Balor for the wwe
2: cruiserweight championship oh is finn gonna get burned on the uh dvd is he gonna get his residuals i
1: think if you do this match it has to be on the main card oh
2: okay so you I, got 12, the, we're is, doing 12 matches on the main card yep, okay. 12
1: matches on the main card okay. but you know how we always ask for that who's gonna open the show pop finn balor finn balor or demon Oh, it would definitely be Demon Finn.
2: Definitely okay, how, be Demon Finn. How am Finn. I getting here?
1: Because we haven't because we haven't yet had a Demon Finn at WrestleMania. Hasn't happened yet. Um so we know the history between Hideo and Finn. Uh for those who don't know, Hideo actually is the one who brought Finn into NXT and they started as a tag team together. Uh Hideo got hurt finn got elevated to the top of the card
2: became the nxt sensation so we're gonna need to we're gonna need some serious storytelling to go back and revisit that and bring this alive for today's general audience hideo turns on finn
1: as we've seen that we've now aligned them together hideo wins the cruiserweight title turns on finn and says i should have been the first universal champion and we spin that off into Finn coming for Hideo's title at WrestleMania. That's your feature cruiserweight match. And I think it's probably the best cruiserweight match that they could put out right now, given the cruiserweight talent that they have on the roster.
2: Okay. Uh, I, was, I would pitch maybe like a little twist in there, you know, where we do see those two interacting a little bit on Raw. Uh, but then Atami has to go do his 205 act, have him rise up to those ranks, take that championship. Uh, And in a little bit of a twist of things, have him show his true colors then on Raw where he goes out and maybe he takes it to Finn, slaps him in the face, saying, you think you're too good for this? I built this. Look at this. It's the grandest title. It's it's the best it's ever been. I'm a real champion. You think you're too good for me? Respect me. Yes. And let him set the challenge. I could just see him coming out, you know, You think you're going to have this friendly exchange between those two. And by this point, everyone will have seen the two sides of a Tommy. Uh, But then he just hauls off and bitch slaps him.
1: My SmackDown Women's Championship match, I have your precious Sharshar defending the WWE SmackDown Women's title against Becky Lynch. I think that is the best match that the WWE SmackDown roster can put out at WrestleMania. That's the match I want to see. I have no idea how in the world we get there, though, but I do hope that Charlotte
2: is the heel. What do you think of that match? Um, Charlotte is great as a heel. I just, I'm wondering, I think there's quite a bit of shelf life right now for her as that baby. Uh, It seems to be paying off. If there is a better match anywhere on the roster, I make a move to get someone over to SmackDown Live. As we said, there is nothing set in stone yet. We know very little about this women's Royal Rumble match. That you know, There's nothing that says that the winner cannot challenge whichever champion she chooses. Uh, there's also possibilities of horsewomen coming in where obviously I, I think the first, even if they have Ronda for multiple dates, the first one out of the gate should be your payday just in case this thing blows up in their face. Uh, So it'd be something we'd have to really put together a good story to get there with.
1: Your Raw Women's Championship match, I have Asuka, who is the Royal Rumble winner, versus Alexa Bliss.
2: Okay. Uh, You know, at first... As, as I sit there, and who doesn't out there, us, us fans, you know, that's, everyone builds to WrestleMania. So as we're sitting there bored, we always sit around there and just kick, kick around WrestleMania ideas, uh, how the cards should lay out, who should be facing who in our minds. I, I've thought about this before, and they're going to have to do a hell of a job selling Bliss as a serious uh, threat to Asuka. Uh, and I think. They are kind of going in that direction, but it's ass backwards. Yeah, actually, I completely agree of, that it's
1: ass backwards. Instead of,
2: instead of building the Bliss up to Oscar's level, yep, we are seeing Oscar brought down to Bliss's level. Yep, yeah, I
1: just think I think Oscar has to win this rumble. I I don't see anybody else that I can on the roster that I'm like, yeah, she's gonna win the women's rumble. It's Oscar.
2: It's it is a rumble, so you can get some crazy booking
1: going on in there. I, I understand that, but I just – it's Asuka. I don't see anybody else winning that Rumble. I just don't.
2: Uh, I, I would agree with you until – when the hell did she debut? TLC? Um, TLC. TLC. Yeah. yeah, I would agree with you right up till then. Uh, but they've done their damnedest to, to make sure <laughs> that they're, that is a great
1: question. I know. It's like how do we maintain the undefeated streak – but still do 50-50 booking and that's been how oscar has been treated on the main roster.
2: Uh, well you know it's like one of the lines from the Oscar Fox match not to go back but just kind of applies here. Where Cole was putting over Fox versus Oscar in a highly competitive match. <laughs> you had you had the stopwatch on that was like 2 minutes and 19 seconds. Oh so highly bad. competitive match. Highly competitive.
1: Your SmackDown tag team championship the truce is off and we have a heel new day taking on your babyface usos i mean i'm gonna bring the new day back to being more serious now that we have rusev day they can cover the comedy aspect of the show let's let's get back to uh the the hell in a cell new day that we saw where they they, they they're tired of playing fun and games and they want their titles back
2: uh, we're we're going to need a serious twist here. Like you said, they want to change a little bit. What if we have Big E and Kofi just,
1: just destroy? Turn on Woods. Yes. I'd be down with that.
2: Send Woods to 205. Uh, I would love to see. I am picturing this as game time is over, up, up, down, down, and they just blast like an Xbox over his head. Oh, that's awesome. That's
1: awesome. Game time is over. Well done. I applaud that. Your Raw Tag Team Championship I completely overbooked, but this is the match I want to see. I want to see The Revival versus The Obsolete Hardys versus The Shield Brothers versus The Authors of Pain.
2: Yeah, hey, fatal four way tag. There always is a match or two on the WrestleMania cards where you got to get everybody in, right? Yep. Uh, you've and you've got some some different styles in there. This could be kind of that big train wreck of a match that we always get. You know, it's just we know this is going to be the spot match. Hell, let's
1: even make it. Let's make it a ladder match. Fatal four way tag team ladder match. The Revival versus the Obsolete Hardys versus the Shield versus the Authors of Pain.
2: My yeah. only thing against possibly a ladder match. Didn't we have one of those last year? Well, don't they this? do one every year? Yeah. It, it's just, and I kind of hate that, but... Um, could you see a crazy match like this happening on Hardy grounds? Hardy terms? Ooh, at the compound? Tag Team uh, Apocalyptico! Maybe not just at the compound, but hey, they're in New Orleans, man, and as a spooky voodoo town. I'm sure the mind of Hardy could come up with the... That could be fun. Oh, you you know what would be pretty cool, man? A Bourbon Street brawl where you see, like, characters, all these characters from the past coming back to life that that Hardy has conjured up.
1: That's That's an interesting idea. That's an interesting idea. I'll have to think on that one. Your U.S. title match, I have your defending champion, Bobby Roode, taking on Jinder Mahal, y'all. We get get Jinder into that mid-card championship role, which I I think is where he belongs. And I think Bobby Roode is your mid-card babyface champion.
2: Okay, I was just going to say, what roles would you have him in? Yeah. That'd be
1: a fun place to do a double turn, actually.
2: Intercontinental uh, Championship match: two can, two Canadians, one pretending to represent, not pretending, but one representing India, going for the U.S. title.
1: Why not? I mean, hell, at Wrestle Kingdom, you got two Canadians fighting for the U.S. title in fucking Tokyo. Yeah, do you think it's maybe time to think about changing the name of that title? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Well, hell, we might as well just get rid of the uh, the U.S. title now. It's been vacated by Dolph Ziggler. Let's you know just get like hey. a blue intercontinental title and put yeah. it on SmackDown.
2: Hey man, maybe maybe that's where they're going with this thing. They that can could introduce be. an entire new championship. Could be TV title. Uh,
1: your intercontinental championship match. I have babyface Samoa Joe taking on your defending
2: Joe. Joe Joe Joe
1: taking on your defending intercontinental champion heel Jason Jordan. What do you think of that match?
2: Yeah, that one comes out of
1: nowhere. I I think I could get down with that. Your WWE championship match, AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura. I don't think that one needs a whole lot of explanation. It is
2: kind of fitting going back to that Intercontinental Championship that earlier in the show I said, I think Jordan will be the one that shocks everyone and takes that title off of Roman Reigns. Yep. We didn't even talk about that, and then here we are. You got him in your Intercontinental Championship match as the champ.
1: As the champ taking on a babyface Joe. Could you imagine a hundred thousand people? Joe, 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 Joe. Yeah, want to see that? That could be a show stealer too. AJ Styles versus Nakamura. I think that one goes uh, pretty without saying why I would go that way. Uh, your WWE Universal Championship match: Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. No point in even arguing.
2: Well, go in your cha- in your WWE Championship match. Who's the? What roles do you have them in? Is it face versus face, or are they?
1: Uh, Yeah, because I would just have Nakamura win the Rumble. Okay. And and so that way, I mean, you have a a title match that is built off work rate and respect. And it's here, Marks. This will keep you happy while we do Roman versus Brock. Um, Then we have the more intriguing matches, uh, as I've kind of teased throughout the show. Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. I think that is absolutely a WrestleMania match. Then you get to your big money matches. I'm going to save that one for last. Let's do John Cena versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania. Been kind of predicting that one for a while.
2: Uh, so we set that up at Raw 25?
1: Absolutely. I mean, I think the seeds have been planted for this thing for months now, going
2: all the well, way back to the Cena Roman feud. So. Okay, so you set that up at Raw 25, and that's a week before the Rumble. So you don't – there's nothing with those guys at the Rumble? Or do you maybe sell a little bit last-minute push for the Rumble that you're going to have that contract signing at the Royal Rumble? You know what? It didn't even occur to me that Cena might
1: be in the Rumble. That, like, didn't even occur to me. I'm so used to John Cena being gone at this point that it didn't even occur to me that John Cena might be in the Rumble.
2: Huh. I actually, I I think I would. I think I would announce on twenty five. If you're going to go this route, that say you know what, neither one of these guys are going to be in the rumble. This this year is about some new faces. Um, Yeah, I mean, if you're
1: building the John Cena versus the Undertaker, that's bigger than that's bigger than the seventeen
2: time champ, right? Undertaker and Cena. Right. Cena can go after that any time. You know, this is we don't know how much longer Taker's going to be there. I would say maybe yeah, you're going to have. A a contract signing at the Rumble for these two faces of these generations. You know, arguably, I'm sure they'll spin it this way, that these guys were the, the two biggest faces ever for the company.
1: And then your big money main event, Triple H and Stephanie McMahon versus The Rock and Ronda Rousey. I think if you get Rousey for one match, that's the match.
2: People are going to shit all over shit all over you for that. It leaves a bad taste in my mouth, but as you have explained it to me before Like it or not That's the money sense. match it makes sense for some big business. Yep. It's gonna put
1: asses in seats and people are gonna buy it on the network. Whether we like it or not. I mean it's just reality. Looking at the landscape as I see it, that's where I see it.
2: Oh man, you know what? It's all coming together now. They they needed it to make Triple H look strong, heading especially into a big match like that at WrestleMania, so that they can get that one billion buys out of India. That's why he we <laughs> went over on gender. That it explains it all. That it's all coming together all. now. You know, we we were having a conniption fit, man. We were, <laughs> our heads were exploding. <laughs> And
1: now it's all coming together. So that's your WrestleMania card as I see it right
2: now. there a reminder before everyone jumps all over you. Is it how you would do it? No, is, absolutely
1: is, not how I would is, do it.
2: This is you being a fly on the wall, in which you imagine you'd hear coming from
1: WWE headquarters. Well, and it's also one of those things where we know fans are going to shit on Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. And we have to put out a really good card in order to offset that. So you start making phone calls to people like The Rock, people like Taker, AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura, Samoa Joe in a feature match,
2: Finn Balor, Hideo Atami. Dude, I, I, got, I got a feeling, man, if somehow this gets to anybody this show gets to anybody in wwe and gets across the desk of or the ears into the ears across the desk whatever of vince mcmahon we are not going to be doing this show in 2018 you're you're going to be relocating uh working exclusively (laughs) for wwe (laughs) that
1: would be hilarious
2: that would be hilarious i I might be running my own youtube reality show looking for a new host (laughs) (laughs) january (laughs) When Yago ups his family from Iowa and moves to Connecticut.
1: Oh. Anything else that you wanted to talk about on this episode, Rick?
2: Uh, No, just make sure when you get to Connecticut to slip Sharkshar my number.
1: (laughs) So that's going to do it for episode 17. We'll be back in your ear holes this weekend with all the news that is news from across the professional wrestling world. I'm not exactly sure what the record schedule is going to be. Going into this weekend, I know I've got family stuff going on all throughout the weekend. So please just kind of bear with us as we make our way through the holidays here. Um, after all, we are still kind of new to this thing. As always, you can find the show on Twitter at HTMPWPod, on Facebook at Hitting the Marks. Shoot us an email over at hittingthemarks at gmail.com. Uh, be sure that you visit our support system over at thegorillaposition.com for all your daily professional wrestling needs, and stay tuned into the locker room shows over at the Hacker Mean feed on Podbean. Since you never know who might show up in the locker room, you can find me across all social media platforms at NotJargo. Rick, how do Sienna and his little elf stalkers find you?
2: Hit me on Twitter at The RBV. Follow All Things Hacker Hameen Media Group on Twitter at HameenMediaGroup. Media Group and on facebook in the Hameen media discussion group be sure to get your daily dose of pro wrestling news and exclusives over at the gorillaposition.com hey and i got to give us uh, i got to give us a little plug you jargo and myself right here hitting the march pro wrestling podcast this is where stars are born this is breaking news this this just hit hit the press hit haul off the presses just hit the internet this Monday, past Monday, in the locker room on the Hacker Hameen Media Group, we were, we were on with one, uh, a young up-and-comer. Some call him a blue chipper, Ben Hameen. He spent over an hour with us uh, talking pro wrestling. It's just been made official. Just days after recording with us, he will be joining Vince Russo on the brand. Hitting the Marks
1: Pro Wrestling Podcast Star Factory right here congratulations ayatollah Uh,
2: also along with uh, mr bwo stevie richards uh, they will be the new co-hosts along with mr vince russo great news huge news congratulations to both those guys oh i cannot wait to hear that show
1: i cannot wait to hear that show
2: Uh, looks like they will be starting next week with the smackdown review fantastic tremendous
1: Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Enjoy your holiday. Remember what's really important this time of year, the fond memory of a day when Tyler Breeze was actually on WWE TV. For now, we're off like Mrs. Claus's red dress the day after Christmas. See ya! Watch
0: your fingers. Label me. Don't give up. you'll be trapping the blame on me I smell self-righteousness That's the bad guy Go! Come on Come on that's the bad guy Bad guy, you the bad guy Bad guy, That's the bad guy Bad guy, you'll never Flame you from my story or no Dwell deep down, huddle so cold Can't escape the wrath on my floor with a righteous mind, never got one across that line. I'll never be that bad guy. I hate you. I hate you. hate you. too hate you. I you. I is you. I hate you. I hate you. you I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. the bad guy. Go. A bitch your bitch and I lie, she was at home with me last daughter. night, I'll be your bad guy, <laughs> <laughs> you know I, you will know be your so bad guy, that's a way,